0: Hey everybody! No, uh, hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Global Green Room. Um, I'm here with uh, just a spectacular guest. I've been I've been doing whatever I can to get him on. I had to get him into the building to do a conference hey, hey. in order to get him in here. And uh, he he is one of my favorite humans on this planet, walking this planet. Been a been a huge impact on my life. I am talking about the one, the only. There is only one of you. I've been around. I've seen a lot of others that are carbon copies of it, but there's only okay. one Larry Randolph, the one, the only Larry Randolph here. I'm here. How are you, man?
1: i glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Well. Now we've chit chatted uh, before this, so I know. Yeah. Some of the interest. So we don't we don't have to say what's going on, what's new, how many kids you have. I just want to sure. get down to brass tacks with you.
1: Yeah, I do have new grandkids. though. You do? I have three new great grandkids. I'm talking about
0: great not great grandkids. Yeah. What does that feel like? Because you're not that you're not that old. Sixty five. So seven with great-grandchildren?
1: Great-grandchildren. But see, I'm from Arkansas, so all of us started young, yeah, how long, originally.
0: How, how young were you when you got, when you got seven, married? Seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, would you counsel 17-year-olds to get married now? Um, probably not. No,
1: <laughs> not if they can help.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it's good to have you. we you. We're uh, here in the building doing a conference kicking off the year. I don't know when you're watching this one now. It doesn't matter. But we, we, got, we got a prophetic uh, prophetic conference going on, and it's great to have you in, Larry. I met Larry, gosh, five, six years ago? No, no, no. Seven or eight. Seven or eight, because my daughter, she was just a few months when we moved out to yes. Moravian Falls. Yes. My wife and I moved to Moravian Falls after uh, Mozambique. North, North Carolina. Yep. Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Thank you. Look at you. You're you're, yeah. you're good at putting those little pieces yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to leave anybody guessing. I don't yeah. yeah. No. So yeah. We, we moved out there um, and I connected with Larry. I, I remember the first time. You, you might know, remember it differently, but I, I remember the first time I met you was at a party. Uh, we had a friend's house. You walked in and you, you and I actually played rock band together for a little bit. I don't know if you remember that. You probably don't. Yeah. I, Not really. But I, sure. I, I, I believe we, you. We, no, you were walking by. You didn't know we were no. we were playing rock band, oh, and you're like, okay. "What's that?" Everybody in there is boring. I want to play with musical instruments. Oh, yeah. and you came in, you grabbed a guitar thing, yeah, and you yeah. started playing and singing. It was great. I actually, I fell in love with you that day, uh, and that I, and because I knew you were a hero, you know, in the prophetic. Growing up, you've heard your name, and I've listened to mm-hmm. your teachings. But to see walk in the house, jump on in, and have fun, it yeah. told me everything I need to know about you. Yeah. In a moment, we play cards too. I believe. But did we play cards? We did. I took your we money. Did yeah. play cards. Yeah. No, it was our, the no. same night. Yeah, same we did cards. Night. That's and, right. But but uh, him and his wife Laura have just become huge friends, and we we, we just love you, and uh, it's good to have you. It's good Thank to good it's to be it's good here. To, good to be out here. And so, what's new? What's God doing? What do you think? Anything? No.
1: Doing a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Tell which me which part. Fill me in. What's what, what's what's the day
1: in the in the life of Larry Randolph look like these days? These days? Yeah. Two thousand fifteen's been an interesting year. 2015, um, for me, if you're talking for me, I don't know if it's relevant to everybody else, but to me, uh, for me, it's been a real pivotal year, one of the, probably the most interesting years of my life. Beginning of 2015, um, the Lord visited me. Um, I make no apologies, you know, just literally, you know, I mean, visited me in the, at the foot of my bed. and uh, But he visited me in the form of Psalms 21. The Lord is my shepherd, and he, about a month's worth of visitations. And one of the things he said to me about that, that he's my shepherd, and I was to lie down in 2015 in Green Pastures, and he was going to restore my soul and uh, leave me beside still waters and and all the things that Psalms 21 promises. And it was the most amazing visitation. So, so I have took a lot of 2015 off, and I stayed before the Lord. And he told me if I would do that, he would restore my soul, and he would let me see things as they really are, and he would take the – the uh, colored glasses off of me. And uh, so uh, it's been a uh, great time with the Lord. It's been a difficult time, you know, not being out in ministry and had some health issues and that sort of thing. But I will have to say 2015 in my spirit and in my heart has been the greatest year and greatest connection with God in 25 years of my life, or 30 years of my ministry. And um, it's just like, um, what he told what he told me is he wanted me to return to my first love, and uh, I, I didn't realize all that that meant. You know, when you think first love, you think you know, like your first uh, uh, encounter with Jesus right. and you found in love, but it's more than that. And he t- really talked to me about the the whole phenomenon of falling in love. You know, there's a difference than just being in love, and when you're when you fall in love, when you fall in love, you remember. If you remember, I do. I felt it's like you don't eat, you don't care if you, eat, right. you don't matter. It's just you want to be around those people. You right. want There's something magical about falling in love. It makes your health spring, you know, into into well being. It it uh, it uh, so so energizes you. And and so it was more than just returning, you know, to my uh, first love it was actually. Returning to a place of falling in love again, because mm-hmm. you know you can still love somebody and not be in that state of falling in love. They actually, medical science says that when you fall in love, when two people literally are in not just loving each other, there's you know love that grows deep is, is probably more concentrated, long lasting than, than falling in love. But there's okay. a dynamic of falling in love. That and that releases that ups your endorphins that ups your body every chemical in your body responds to it and they say the healthiest you can be is a space where you fall in love really yeah and uh, because everything in you all your cells all of your neural pathways all yeah. of your uh, serotonin levels are up all the all your happy levels and and are up and um, so uh, the Lord said yeah, I I, I want to bring you back to that and, I, and I'd forgotten what that feels like like to to, to when you're just when you're when you're falling in love, yeah, and um, <clears throat> so that's what this year has, has been like, and, and the Lord has been so. It's like we've had this great, great conversation, and what has happened this year is the Lord has finally convinced me after a year of letting Him be my shepherd, because we're only, He's only our shepherd to the degree that we're His sheep, you know. So, mm. so it's up to us, you know. The more we become His sheep and follow Him, the more He becomes our shepherd. It's a right. trade-off. But but it really, it really, really helped me to see his um, friendship, his love for me, his shepherdship for me. He said, he's my shepherd, I shall not suffer lack. Didn't say I wouldn't suffer once, didn't say he'd give me everything I wanted, but I, I won't suffer lack. Hmm. So although I was like most of the year off, uh, you know, ministry, and you know, you know you don't, it doesn't pay well not to work sometimes. But when the Lord says you can do that, he just provides, and it was yeah. being great. So he provided for my, for my wants, he restored my soul in so many ways. And it's like I become, we become new friends. You know, I fell in love again.
0: How? Like, what does that look like? Because I feel like a lot of people say return to your first love, but yeah. it's almost like they f- they feel like they have to read the Bible more, start praying yeah. again no. more. See, like I, practically, what did that look like for you? See, for personally? me
1: personally, for me, I quit. I, I, I hope people don't take this wrong when I say this. I stopped reading my Bible as much. I stopped trying to get a sermon as much. I I was resting in our friendship and our love for you know. I don't have to. You know, keep reading a marriage covenant over and right, over right, again, right. And saying "I do, I do, I do." I promise through life. You know, and uh, for for instance, just 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 recently, when I'm ministering, happened to me last night. I say to the Lord, Lord, uh, you know, my heart, my heart has been turned so much to my first love, uh, especially this year. That that the Lord loves that. I mean, so mm-hmm. you know, when you when you when your heart to heart with someone, your hearts trust each other. And so last night before I preached, I said, "Lord, I wonder what I'm supposed to do." And I felt the Lord said to me, uh, "What do you want to preach on?" And I yeah. and I thought and I thought of something. He goes, "He goes because I trust your heart, and whatever you do, I'm happy to back you up on it." That's great. I thought, "Wow, that I like that. Yeah. That that's real friendship and love and, and companionship." Where. The other person trusts your decisions. I've never. I always thought, my God, if God doesn't tell me what to do, what am I going to do? Oh my right. God, oh my God, and I didn't realize He is really curious and interested about what I think is good. Right. And I thought that's so. That's you know that's kind of a turnaround, but that's that's a little bit of a piece of coming into rest and trusting that your heart is His heart and that you're you're falling in love to the degree. That when people fall in love, they become one in such a strong way they cannot stand separation of each other's presence, yeah. and they have a you know separation anxiety when they're not around, and you're and there's a, you're a little nervous because you when they're not there. So it has been that kind of year, visited me over and over um, uh, with um, restoring my soul, and that's a whole another subject. But he's really restored and, and uh, anointed my head with the oil, yeah. you know, and. Uh, in a sense of just washed to me, and it's, just been a, it's been the worst of worst in the natural and the best of the best in the spiritual 2015.
0: Yeah. I've, I've known you for, I don't know, now eight years or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not, we're not hanging out on the weekends, yeah. but uh, but I, I haven't seen you healthier yeah. in all the time that I've known you, yeah. uh, more focused in all the time that I've known you, more at peace yeah then yeah. I, I feel like the last I mean 12 12 months or so the last year or six yeah. I think when did I see last eight months ago six months Probably, ago, something yeah. like that uh-huh. then that last season voice of the apostles maybe are you, I are I you at, at, a, yeah, yeah I was I was at voice of the apostles August but you seem like you you, you just seem healthier mm-hmm. happier and more focused uh, mm-hmm. you know I I last night you were you were you were talking about um the fathers and uh you were talking about how, how a lot of the fathers have been passing on and, and I, I mean, I've heard you preach a hundred times over the years, and just listen even listening to your stuff, and uh, I thought that message that you were giving last night was was one of the best that I've heard come from a long time. Do, would you mind just sharing? I know it's, I know it might be, it's kind of switching gears, but uh, I thought I wanted to just take a moment and have you have you maybe express that to a group of people that 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 hasn't heard it in the sense of the t- the changing of the, the guard that you were talking about taking place? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you feel is, is happening? Because there aren't, I don't see a lot of younger prophets coming up mm-hmm. that carry the same authority that mm-hmm. that you guys, uh, that, that a lot of the people that I would acknowledge as prophets. You know, there's, you see voices here and there, but even though they might have the gift mix, they don't have the platform that a lot of you yes. guys had that came out of the, the Kansas City yeah prophetic time. Yeah. What, what, what do you see happening in the prophetic movement right now? Yeah.
1: I think, I think in a nutshell what I was talking about was the, the uh, there's a generational shift happening in ministry. There's a changing of the guards and some of the things that we feel that are new and there's seasonal changes and there are shifts, God tipping points, whatever you want to call it, right. put it all in the bucket and it means things are going to be different. <laughs> you know. And uh, what, what all that means, I think we're missing what some of it is and we think it's uh, theology or if there's another revival. I think it's bigger than that, I think it's a complete generational shift like the one that happened with Elijah and Elisha when the older prophet went, reached the maximum uh, days of his ministry and did all that he did and he was taken away and, and the younger prophet received the double portion and pursued him. and um, <clears throat> So I think we're in that kind of a generational shift and if I can put it in another analogy like Jacob, uh, old Jacob, when um, <clears throat> at the end of his life um, and he was done with his ministry one of the things that he began to start doing that the Lord has told me I have to start doing as a, as an aging ministry is he began to uh, – first of all, he learned the power of blessing mm-hmm. at Brook Jabbok. Uh, he said to the angel, I will not let you go until you bless me. Right. Well, when he was blessed and changed his name, then he took that and he became – he learned the power to bless too. So after Jacob's struggles and his older years as an old prophet – He's struggling, you know, uh, building his ministry. He has more cattle and sheep than his father-in-law. Uh, he's seen angels come up and downstairs. He's had visitations with God. He just, thought, But all of a sudden he has this, this, this generational thing happen to him. And it, he said when he wrestled in the brook Jabbok, I've seen God face to face now. And when he walked away from this, this, is take note of this, you that are listening. If you read the book of Genesis, the, the moment he walked away from the brook Jabbok, uh, all he did for the rest of his life was to bless and prophesy over the younger generation. Huh. He, the first thing he did was prophesy over Esau, uh, uh, and, and blessed Esau. Blessed Esau. The next, you know, and then when he met up with Joseph, uh, Joseph took him to bless Pharaoh, and then he prophesied over Ephraim, Manasseh, and uh-huh. then at the end of his life, he was brought in. Uh, the twelve tribes were brought to him, and he prophesied over every one of the twelve tribes. So what he learned. Uh, at the end of his life as an old prophet that there was a – he had, was aware of the change of generations, that he had to give away what he had, and the best way to give it as a father is the power of blessing because mm-hmm. fathers have uh, kind of a market on the power of blessing because they have – they're endowed with this load of, uh, of uh, weight that God has given them that they can't take to heaven with them. So, you know, so it's either wasted or they give it away, and they bless it away, and you know. So that that is what uh, that is what he did, and it was so strong was the power of blessing on this old prophet that the prophecies he prophesied in Genesis over all the twelve tribes thousands of years ago are still in effect today. You can look at the twelve tribes of Israel and see the prosperity on them that came from an old prophet who decided to learn the power of blessing and to prophesy over the younger generation. Right, and so I I, I feel like. Uh, what we're feeling in the land and in the church is not just another new revival, not just another shift of theology, not just another manifestation of a gift. It's actually a generational shift, where fathers, uh, 60 and over, 70 or so and over, are, are ending their course, and God is wanting the generations to uh, um, to and yeah. meaning He's wanting the fathers to learn how to bless. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not as Concerned about prophesying as much or, our ministering as much as I am concerned about releasing the younger generation and prophesying and blessing are, them with the power of blessing. Are too. you
0: seeing it? Are you are you, like because I know you travel and you have friends. Yes. That, you know, are you are you actually seeing it or are we just looking at it something that's happening or, or are you physically seeing it take place? With I physically people? see
1: it t- take place with me. I, I'm trying. I'm talking to the guys my age and and they're not really. Um, uh, I, I think they're still struggling with a concept because to visualize that concept, realize, you have to realize that you're, like Paul said, pretty much my journey is ending, you know, and right. that, like Jesus said, I, I'm, you know, my work's finished, you know, right. and uh, so uh, so uh, you have to, and most people don't want to realize that. But here's the truth, uh, Will, yeah. and that you know and I know. If you look at it from a natural standpoint, look at the, uh, in the world, and let's say the Spirit-filled and the evangelical world, are most, if not nearly all of the visible global faces that people recognize as the sort of more upper echelons of ministry have been a long time are all over 60 years old, right. 60, 70 years old. Your visible influence of ministries are all aging now. And, uh, and so, what's going to happen? That's just the way of life. We're going to die. You know, and you're much likely to die when you're closer to seventy than when you're twenty. Right. You know. So, so it's going to happen. You know. And uh, and so, so what do we do? Do we? Here's my challenge: If people are listening that are sixty and over, the generation of uh, the prophetic generation of fathers, do we die still trying to build our kingdom, still trying to build? Our ministry, and to be somebody. Or two, we do what Jacob did, and give away what we have. What Jesus right. did, to the disciples behold. Now I give unto you. I'm finished. My work's finished. Now I'm giving I'm passing it to you. And what Elijah did to Elijah. What, wow. what uh, you know? What Abraham did to Isaac. What you know? It's just it's it's amazing. It's hard though, Larry. What it's you're a, saying is it's, really, it's really. Like hard. I'm just thinking
0: of people I know that have spent years building, building, oh, building. Yeah. And that's a hard, a hard baby to give away.
1: It's a, it's a hard. It's a very, very hard one. I remember I was spent 17, 16 years with John Wimber in Anaheim, California. Yeah. One of the things that he said, he died at 63, a premature death, mm-hmm. I believe. In his 50s, one of the things that he said to us, he said, hey, we're at the time he was buying a $25 million building for our church, and that's, what, that's without renovating it. And he said, he said this. He said, help me. Watch me. Because I do not want to die and leave a monument behind of who I used to be. He said, before I die, I want to be able to dismantle everything I've done and pass it on to the generations. And this is an observation he made, and I thought was really um, really interesting. He said, every move of God in every great ministry in his lifetime that dies in the peak of their ministry leaves a legacy behind that always goes wrong because they don't spend the time investing in their sons about what to do and what not to do, whether it be every denomination started out with the spire of God have become right. 200 years, they all go off course because uh, the founder, uh, they're not carrying the founder's heart, and the founder's vision because the founder was so busy building his ministry that he didn't have time to invest into his sons things that would cause longevity to that ministry that would be healthy. So it goes off course the right. second or third generation after him. And it has to be killed or it becomes just a religious nothing. Yeah. And uh, so so what frightens me of more than anything in the Bible is the Scripture and the Old Testament says, and there arose a generation that knew not the Lord. And I thought it, that's the Father's – that's Father's responsibility to not allow that to happen. We cannot allow a generation to come up that doesn't know the Lord. So what does that mean? Fathers have to. Uh, fathers have to realize, as David said, show me my times and seasons, Lord. Show me when I'm done. I guess that's what I'm doing. I don't mean done. I mean, show me when you say, well done, good and faithful. I've done a good job. I've done what God's given me to do. I, I still got 20 years to live, but I'm right. going to spend that 20 years trying to be somebody. I've already been somebody. I've already right. done something. So what do you do with that 20 years? You teach others. You give away. You encourage them. You give them permission to do what they're called to do. You, you, so you invest. It's the way of life. You, know, you invest. It's the cycles of seasons. The tree grows, and the leaves die and fall to the ground and plant other trees and over and over again, season after season. So, um, I, I, But it's hard to get that across. Especially if you make great success in monetary, our buildings, our programs, or things, because how are you gonna how are you gonna stop and father? You know yeah. that's, that's a, that you know that's that's yeah. a that's a that's really hard. And when I talk to people my age that have a visibility, uh, they they know I'm right. And they hear me, but they do not <laughs> want to talk to me. Some of them won't even talk to me because they know I'm going to bring it. It's up. heavy.
0: I mean, it's, what you're saying—it's yeah. really heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. But and but I think there are people who are doing like I, as I think about Reinhardt, I think Reinhardt Reinhard Reinhard Baumke Bonk, yes, is doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's doing it with Daniel Kolenda. Yeah. And of course, we're not involved in the inner workings of it, but you know, from the outside, it looks like Reinhardt spent the last few years, yes, you know, uh, championing his spiritual son and then yeah. running alongside of him as he's doing it so it wasn't just yeah. hey this is him, see, you know sink sink or swim it, yes. he's been running alongside the whole time passing it off like that's that's amazing i think of you know even bill with this with eric bill johnson and yeah. eric you know yeah. just here's the yeah. church uh, go for it yeah. i'm still here but it's yeah. yours you yes. know um and I think there's a lot. It's happening out there, but yes. uh, it's man. It's a scary. It's got to be scary for people. It like, is
1: a scary. The, yeah, you the, know, the greatest death a man can die is, and to go to the Lord is to leave a legacy behind right. him of sons. Malachi. I, it's so important. It's so important that Malachi set the uh, bar, the bar really high and said this. in the last Malachi, uh, in the last days, I shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I'm going to make a bold statement Go that that's inflammatory. There's all kinds of uh, reasons why we're under a curse, why we're having troubles, why we're having problems. Well, it's it's abortion, although I don't like that, or it's or it's sin. We don't like that, or it's drugs. Or, but, you know, the Scripture is very clear. If there's a curse on your land, it's because fathers and sons' hearts are not turned mm. to each other. And someone said to uh, a friend of mine once, said, uh, Man, California, you know, earthquakes. How can we stop the earthquakes? And his answer was to them: If you want to stop the earthquakes, you got to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons. Hearts of fathers to sons will stop earthquakes, uh, poverty, uh, murder, uh, because because there's something so intrinsically valuable about the sons. And fathers and daughters and fathers and mothers coming together because that's family and and it literally love always wins it conquers all evil yeah it's like so it bridges that gap in my opinion there is a gap between you know we have what well, we have the what well, we have the millennials the tweeners the I'm a baby boomer tweeners. is it called I tweeners? never thought I'd heard
0: Larry Randolph yeah. say tweeners uh, <laughs> I like it though Larry really yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah and so so we're living in a three generational <laughs> right. uh, life life. Actually, like Joseph and Jacob and Ephraim and Manasseh, they were three-generational. You had jo- uh, Jacob with the old prophet, his son Joseph, who was uh, ruling with Pharaoh, and then his son Ephraim and Manasseh, so the three of them, but the three of them came together in the land of Goshen where Joseph reigned and where Jacob was at, and uh, and there was a turning of hearts. Because, listen, this is this is interesting. This is an interesting observation. Remember in the book of Genesis when um, uh, the famine came upon the land? Yeah. When the famine came upon the land, Joseph was separated from his father. Remember, his brother sold him in slavery, his yeah. father thought he was dead. You know, when the famine ceased, when you look at history and look at the Bible, is when they went and got his father and brought him back and he separated with Joseph, the famine stopped in the land. Wow. Hearts of fathers and sons coming together will stop famines, they will stop uh, violence, they will stop immorality. I mean, because. Because there's such an amazing righteous uh, standard that is set when fathers and sons' hearts are connected together, so, but but the but the question is, who makes a first step? Who does it? Who, you know? I don't know. I think it's different every situation. Remember, the prodigal son was the one who made the first step, but the father was waiting on the porch. Right. You know. Wh- right. Yeah. But th- but how did you remember the prodigal son? What did he say? I will. He made a decision. I will arise. I will go to my father's That's house. That's true and uh, and i will seek out my father right but at the same time fathers should be seeking out sons so i think it's a dual responsibility and you know um, i think we i think we all own some of it and bottom line is guys like me have been so busy in ministry in building ministries that they before they know it they wake up in heaven they've died and they don't realize they were 70 something years old without right. ever making a son or leaving a legacy behind or 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 you know and so what they have is haywood and stubble in a sense, you know. Um, hmm. Paul unloaded everything he had, you know, to Timothy. Right. I mean, Paul gave it all to Timothy and, yeah. and pushed it to him, and uh, and went to went to be with the Lord and released uh, all the churches in Asia and you know so. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a hard – I told my wife, said, honey, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow. I, I've been
0: talking with pastors about it. Uh, or yeah. I, I Actually, I, t- I talked to um, – I think it was Tom Jones about this because Tom was a pastor before he came yeah. on a Global Awakening. And, and, you know, I travel around, so do you, uh, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, I meet all these pastors. And pastors, they know that their time is done hmm. and on their way out. They don't have people to give it over to
1: yeah
0: or the ones that they, that they thought – They should be, and they spent five years, 10 years, you know, grooming at the end of 10 years, you know, they're off planning something else. They've left, you know, it's like, it's, it seems like there's a lot of confusion. It's a tough, it's a, it's a tough one. How do you, how do you leave? And okay. So speaking as a son, right. All I know is to build, 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 because I'm no different than my father who was like, I'm going to build, I'm going to grow, you know? So it's this, it's this very, it's this tension and I, I've, every so often, you find places that that are doing it, but there aren't too many clean models yeah. out there. I mean, you've been around much longer than I have, Larry. Like, I, I, do you have? Uh, do, are there any clean models that you know of that, that you'd say, man? I'd look to something like this, or I'd look. You know, first I want
1: to say to you that that sons are supposed to build. I mean, I mean, you got to build. I mean, you know, build. It's just that you shouldn't be building the last day of your death. You right, know, right? But and it's so- hard to build and and serve. True. At the same time. Like, yeah. it's hard to go, oh,
0: well, I'm going to build, build, build. And they're like, well, I don't want you to build that much. Or, I, or I, or you know, I want you to only, only build yeah. this far. And you're like, come yeah. on, I want to, like, I got skyscrapers in me. Let me yeah. let me throw yeah. another couple floors on top of this thing. And they're like, S- you know, hey,
1: yeah. you know. Or it could be the other model with David and Solomon. You know, David never built, but he gathered the materials for his son to build. Yeah. Solomon built, 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 but he built on the gift from his father right. and the and the blessing of his father who put it all together for him to build. Yeah. Uh, all I'm saying, and I'll get back to your question. All I'm saying is that <laughs> the, a lot of the Davids today, or those of us David, instead of collecting what it takes for our sons to build, we confiscate it and build ourselves. You know, wow. uh, when we're older. Now David built when he was younger, and just what young people do is they build. <laughs> right, you should right. build, but you know. You know what really brought this to my attention is I, I could say this name and and uh, uh, everybody know it, but I'm not. But I'm watching I'm watching an old guy. You can guy. tell me
0: after the, yeah. the podcast. yeah. Well, you'll know. You'll know, you'll know what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, but yeah. I'm
1: watching uh, a wonderful uh, older uh, ministry who's globally known, and I'm doing a conference with him a few years ago, and as he went to the chair uh, up front, he was going to sit down, I re- and he could hardly even make it there because he was so sick. and. He was, and his spirit was tired, and he had won every battle, and he could have quit ten years ago and still be so far ahead of the game. Like, it was, it was great. But he, would he go up there? And he was at the point of death, and all of a sudden, in my heart, I heard, I said, to "The Lord, Lord, never let me do that. Let me know when I'm over. Mm. L- don't, don't let me go to the day that my last. I have to crawl to the pulpit to give before I get away." Because so Solomon said. What better is it than a man in his older years enjoy the fruit of his labor and you know and, and you know, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. I said, David said, Show me my times, Lord, show my days are numbered, show me because when your days are numbered and you know your time and, and you know you have done what you're called to do, then you have the then you have then this precious little equity of time left and and you have to spend it wisely. Do you spend it building a bigger thing that you're gonna die and leave behind? Right. Or do you spend it giving it away? you know to the to the next generation. Right. So I said to the Lord when this person got there I said I never please I'm asking you God don't ever let that happen to me. Let right. me know. I you know when you say when we say we're done in in the western church that means failure. Right. Say when when we're done in Biblical learning, that means you have finished your course, you've done a good, you know. doesn't mean you have to go to heaven. That means you're done. You can go, now enjoy some life and right. enjoy the Lord and enjoy your sons and your and, and your, your your family and you know, et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. So that's a part of what I believe is um, um, happening uh, to me and um, and because uh, uh, I'll tell you something funny. So I told the Lord 10 years ago, I'm done. I quit. And I said, you ever quit? Me? No, I'm oh, thirty-three. Yeah. Me,
0: uh, I'm like I'm like pawn at the ground. Let me give me Adam. I I'll quit. take Larry's mantle. Uh, no, I I'll quit take. so many times.
1: I you know, I quit. I'm sixty-five. I you know, you know, I started pastoring at twenty-three or so, but and I uh but I, I uh I quit so many times that they won't even take my resignation in heaven anymore. <laughs> it's like yeah right but no I this is something this is the way God talks to me and this totally tweaked me, but it, sh- but it was good. Let me know. I-, yeah. I said to the Lord about 10, no, it's probably 15 years ago, a desperate place, and I was praying. We call it praying. I call it whining. But I was uh, praying, and I was saying, and I was crying. I go, Lord, it's so hard. I just quit. And I heard as clear as nearly audible the voice of the Lord said to me, son, that's fine. If you quit right now, you're so far ahead of the game. What you've done, you've been faithful. So, as a matter of fact, son, you totally totally you've totally surprised us up here it's like you've already gone way beyond your potential you know so he said to me if you want to quit right now is that a we'll... compliment yeah, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. i said wait a minute i've already gone beyond your right he said he said you surprised us up here you already passed your potential a long time ago and I, and, and he it's like he said if you want to quit now we'll do a celebration in heaven because like, cause like it's great we love what we we're like happy with what you've done yeah, yeah, and man. I thought oh every time you preach Larry you bring a perspective of God that
0: a lot, I think makes a lot of people uncomfortable like a lot it of makes, people I mean, that would make them like even today you're preaching you're like you're like whatever what do you want to do then you're like we support you and you're like cheering people on and yeah like people don't like to think about God that I, way they I like know. black and white do I this know. don't do that you're right you're wrong You I need know. to push harder you need to work and you you, know? you always bring this Word yeah. of like, eh? You're doing fine. You'll be it, okay. Be, you're yeah. doing better than I, I th- we t- thought you
1: were. Bob Jones put a lot of that in me. He, yeah. He he. he Ta- t- yeah. T- talk to me about
0: Bob. Like, tell me. Can, I want to hear like your favorite Bob Jones stories. Oh, can, I I just so many. W- while but... you're thinking, uh, I, I I love listening because you've been doing this for forever. You've been doing this longer than most people. You met, didn't you? I think you told me. I could be butchering this. You met Rick Joiner on a plane. No. While,
1: I uh, met Rick Joiner in the mid '80s, and I was doing a conference in Texas, and he was on his way for a business trip. He hadn't started ministry yet. Okay. Yeah. So he was yeah. flying
0: somewhere. I know. I remember yeah, there was a and plane. And he stopped in
1: over it. and saw me with a Bible, and okay. started talking to me, and wound up. But of, this is but when Rick was just a businessman. Yeah. And yeah, Rick used to have a uh, commuter airline service on the East Coast. Really? Yeah. Rick was, by the way, a Navy pilot. You know, uh, that's what he did. He flew jets in the Navy. So. Uh, before ministry, he had a commuter service from New England to Charlotte, uh, Airline. He had a lot of jets, small jets. No
0: way. I didn't yeah. know. I knew he yeah. was a pilot, but I didn't know he yeah. did that. But you, you, you connected with these guys before they were all... Oh, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Like you were oh, yeah. just a, a, a bunch of young guys running yeah. around America. But there wasn't a framework. Like now there's a framework. There's yeah. networks and there's yeah. schools. And yeah. what was it like back in the early days? And this is like we're talking before Toronto. Oh, yeah. Before oh, well, like – and you're up well, there going after miracles, signs, yeah. and wonders. Like
1: 70s, the 70s especially. We, uh, As far as I know, me and another friend of mine uh, named Timothy um, in Southern California did the first prophetic schools ever in California in the early 80s and you're gonna love this uh I, we call them pms schools uh, and uh pms John, is prophetic mentorings. when you get the when you get this out when yeah. you get the film guy to laugh you've done good larry yeah <laughs> pr- pr- prophetic mentoring series uh our we call it uh <laughs> our post ministry syndrome whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah it all works yeah, pr- pms schools yeah, yeah pms we call it pms uh, prophetic uh, mentoring series and uh, that was met with a lot of opposition, you know, I've, I've gotten <laughs> – Because of the name or because of what you're – No, no, but because of just the prophetic. Yeah. Yeah, we were one of the first schools that, you know, in, the, in, uh, in um, Southern California. And before that, I was in Arkansas and uh, literally uh, was shut out of so many places because of the prophetic in the 70s. Uh, but I was shut out before because of the early 70s, I toured for a year – with a guy named Russell Taff and play guitar, we had a rock gospel band. So we were shut out before then. So we were one of the first rock gospel bands in the seventies, you know, which was uh, the Antichrist back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's called sell sell more albums, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, but anyway, so I was already used to being rejected for being out in different place and other other things. So um, that was the early seventies. But um, so mid seventies when I started doing the prophetic and. Uh, and uh, it was a hard struggle. You know, and then the eighties was hard, and eighties was really hard for the prophetic. Then the nineties was the best prophetic, I think, years for the prophetic. Why, you why do you say that? Why the nineties? uh I, the church become more accepting of it, and they become more, uh, um, <clears throat> it become more of a hunger for the supernatural. You know, and uh, um, so um, it was just the the decade. I think that God God highlights highlights different things in different decades. He highlights different seasons. And he was really highlighting the prophetic in, in the late 80s through the early 2000s. Uh, when people ask me who's,
0: who are your favorite prophets, I mean, I, I'm not going to just talk about you too much, but you're definitely on the top of my list um, because I got to I, – I mean, number one, I love your message, and I think you're one of the greatest teachers out oh. there. Like, I don't I, – I mean, I, I appreciate your prophetic, but – him some money. Go but but I, I appreciate your teaching gift. Like, I think you have one of the greatest teaching, teaching gifts – alone oh. combined with prophetic gifts out yeah. of anyone i met but
1: yeah, i play guitar and you guitar. and you play guitar yeah. and
0: uh yeah there's a lot of <laughs> things but um i i watched you in meetings over the years and one one of, one of my favorites about two or three years ago the power the power of god I, you could literally just watch you step into your gifting um, you, um step out of teaching and then just mm-hmm. step into the to the prophetic and you you spun around and you would point at people and and you would call out their middle names mm-hmm. as as you would point at them, and I'd never seen anything like. I'd seen people get up and be like, "Is there somebody in here named Rachel ish or mm-hmm. you know Raquel? Mm-hmm. No, I, you know it's Sarah. I mean, you know, Billy, and, yeah. Billy but, Bob." But yeah. it, it, it blew me away. You s- would spin and just point at people, and you would say their middle names, and mm-hmm. they would just uh, begin to tear up. I've never seen the prophetic manifest like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, every so often we, we see stuff now, but. Um, but in, as you as you were growing up in the prophetic movement, are there who who the people that you looked at as major prophetic voices or that inspired you in that way, or did you have people that inspired you, or is this all just you and God? Did you? Oh yeah, no, I had tons of prophetic fathers. Who were some of your
1: favorites? Well, some that nobody would know. Can can you, you know? tell us about? Them? Uh, one would be my father, uh, my father James Randolph. Uh, my father was a Pentecostal pastor, as I talked about this morning. Very uneducated. You know, a man, a simple man, but an amazingly gifted with word of knowledge and gift of prophecy and visions and healing. Had an amazing gift of faith and healing. And so I grew up in a prophetic atmosphere. My dad was my first hero in the sense of prophetic. Matter of fact, he was so prophetic, he'd spank us by water knowledge before we sinned. You know, it's like, man, it's like, you know, he would know, you know, I was going to do something bad and let's go ahead and spank me now before I do it. You know, it's like we were scared to death of dad, you know, because I do – I couldn't sin because I knew he'd know when I'd get, you know, before i get home, he'd be waiting on me going, okay, boy. What Are you do serious? You're not joking? Joke. I'm not Like, joking. I know some
0: parents would joke about you. Uh, he actually uh, knew no, what was oh, going no. on. Oh,
1: you better believe it. Yeah, he, he knew, and he had an amazing, like, for instance, just one, one little incident, There's a tons of them, but one little incident, It's one Saturday night, he told me, hey, son, uh, he'd run things by me because I ministered with him as a boy at five. I started ministering with him in radio and jails and old folks home and in the church and, you know, the little... Little mini preachers and sing and played the mandolin and you know, kind of little little you know. I had a little white suit, pre Benny Hinn. Are you suit. serious? Yeah, yeah. Still got pictures of <laughs> the mandolin and uh, the white suit and the whole thing. You know? Come on. So um, he said, "Son, tomorrow morning, he said, there's going to be a lady we've never seen come to church. The Lord showed me, and her name is. And he called me her whole name, and she has a um, uh, uh, green dress on, and she will have this disease, and she come to be healed." And that's the way Dad operated. The next morning, this lady, I was seeing her, I knew who she would I knew she'd be there because he never missed it. And she had a green dress on and we asked her name. That was the name he told me last night and she was healed of the disease. And Wow. So Dad had an amazing. So I grew up in a culture that, that was that was just like normal for me to see that. And so as a child, I really practiced that too. And I, I honestly thought as a little – I'd never been to any church except the Pentecostal church, so I thought the Baptists did that, the right, Methodists. I thought right. all churches operated in the prophetic w- Where did your dad get it? I don't want inter- to inter- interrupt you, in, but it's, – It's in the family line in the sense his – now his father was a, uh, uh, a Baptist, you know, but, but his father's father and the brother or or spirit-filled in the sense of uh, – his great uncle, which is my great great uncle Newton, mm-hmm. was born blind. Never saw light in his day, but had one of the strongest healing ministries in the late 1800s that were in the region. And in his house, they say my granddad told me and my dad there would be crutches and wheelchairs and just left behind in his house. He had a word of knowledge for people and a healing gift, and he was totally blind. You know, he just wow. touched them and and uh, so. You know, some gifting is you know, some gifting is resident in the family line, mm-hmm. like Aaron's sons received the, the mitre of Aaron and the anointing, it says and and Aaron's anointing shall be upon his sons and his legacy from you know, through the right. generations. So there is some of that. So there's some of that. And so one was my dad, the second was another guy no one knowing about, named Robert Mitchell, and uh, who was born nineteen ninety uh, nineteen eighty five I believe. I met him and his he lived to be a hundred years old. He 18, oh, eight eighteen nine. He was born and he died – he was born in 1885, okay. 1890. I was like, 1985, I was born in 82. So, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I met him in nineteen seventy nineteen seventy nine 1979 or 80. Okay. He died at 99 and a half years old. But he mentored me for like seven years, nearly. What did that look and, like? Did you travel with oh him? My did God. you just yeah, I talk to him? him? Well, I was at a house every day, a little cabin. He was already yeah. up in his 80s when I met him, late 80s. And he had ministered with A.A. Uh, uh, a. Allen with um, – um, uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Mm-hmm. He had been in his meetings when he was younger with uh, um, who is the seer, the prophetic um, that has the. Th- Are you five talking um, about Branham? Branham. Yeah. Well, William. actual William Branham's book. you will read in that five volume set. Mm-hmm. Where he said he was on a reservation and uh, and not that and and he actually. Brother Mitchell's name was in there, and, and Brother Mitchell had embodied him, him, so he used to minister some. And they used to do reservation meetings together and stuff. But anyway, he he was from the Puritan movement, yeah, and didn't wear buttons on his clothes because it was adornment. <laughs> he had the whole Bible memorized, wow. But he had this extraordinary prophetic gift. This is how extraordinary it is. Someone said to me, I'm pastoring a church in 1976 or 7 in Arkansas. There's an old prophet. We heard about this out in the woods that moved here from somewhere we don't know, and and let's go visit him and see. So. We drive out there, and this person drove me there. I'd never been there, never seen him, he, me, and as I drove up, this old white-haired man with a big mustache was standing on the front porch, and I got out of the car, and he called me by my name. He goes, Larry, I've been waiting on you. The Lord told me you were coming, and I'm to help you, and I had been praying at the time to go to Christ for the Nations because I wanted to go to Bible school Yeah, because I was not, you know, uh, trained biblically in that way, and... Um, I'd spent a lot of nights crying, weeping, but I couldn't because I had children and a a church to pastor, and and I just couldn't do it. And you know, just wouldn't. And I was so. He said, "Larry, is your uh, name?" The Lord told me somebody named Larry was coming, and come in. I want to talk to you. So as I walked and sat down in the chair, and he looked at me, and he said. Larry, young man who's been crying and crying before the Lord, wanting to go to Bible school. And he said, but the Lord told me to tell you that you're not going to go to Bible school, not the kind you're thinking you're going to go to his Bible school. It's called the School of Hard Knocks. And the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Wow. And uh, so we became uh, father, son from that day forward and had the most amazing prophetic gift and healing gift. Mm. So those are two unknowns that... um, that people don't even you know yeah. that don't that don't know about then dr hammond uh you know was with him in the 80s some you know he's still doing stuff today. yeah he's amazing you know he was one of the early workhorses of the prophetic he's he's really a grandfather yeah. you know uh, another guy named randy adler and then another um, other prophets uh then of course i met all the you know the all the kansas city prophets part of those guys and bob jones was probably one of the Greater influences. Paul Kane. I travel with Paul Kane in the a little bit. We you know we do stuff with the vineyard together, and he was Kim Clement. Um, yeah, I'm um, trying to think of some of the prophets. Can, can you
0: do me a favor? Because everybody mm-hmm. says it, and I hear it all the time. Kansas City prophets. Yes. Can you like in a in a nutshell sum that up? Like why why is the can- why is it known as the Kansas City prophets? It's
1: known as the Kansas City prophets. Uh, uh, it's a long. It's a book could be written about it. But the, the prophetic was the prophetic was so disdained in so many areas that prophetic guys didn't have anywhere to go and they were outcasts in a sense. So Mike Bickle was pastoring the church and, yeah. and God sent Bob Jones to Mike Bickle with some crazy, outlandish a prophecy about what he's going to do. It's some of
0: the coolest prophetic cool, stories you'll have. Yeah. And, and, and you can, if you want to listen to it, you can li- Mike Bickle, they have it on the, Yes, It's like the foundation stones of IHOP. Or yeah. it's, it's some message yeah. like, uh, listen to it, it'll blow your mind blow with you the Bob mind. Jones stories. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. He just, gave him people people are listening, they want to listen yeah. to it. They, you got it. He
1: told him he was going to be a youth leader and have a bunch of youth at the time. He, thought, uh, Mike thought he was crazy. Right. So anyway, so... And people and then, are going to Praying, listening to radios. Yeah, radios what was that uh, I forget the word. Uh, radios be, with screens on. Well, radios with screens on. They talk on. And, yeah, you know. he was talking about this
0: was what in the eighties or something yeah, he was yeah, talking he, about iPhones. Yeah, so, yeah. so cool.
1: So cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bob was an absolute amazing uh, prophetic gift of uh, things to come. So so he kind of hooked up with Bickle and it started attracting prophets and pretty soon you have. Uh, John Paul Jackson's there, you know. Then uh, you have uh, 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 Jim Gall. Then you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there was probably eight or ten. Paul Kane that yeah. came and then, and then uh, when I met Rick Joiner was a part of that. I met him. He introduced me to Bickle and about that whole time. Same time, um, the Kansas it became known as the Kansas City probably just a gathering and it was like the Cinderella Church of the Prophetic to me. So it was like prophets had a home. Wow! You know, so I could step off the airplane anywhere in the world. I was traveling the world at the time. And the first question was asked or the first thing anybody was about the Kansas City prophets. It was like the biggest thing. You know, it's like nobody ever heard of anything like that. That means prophets together and together.
0: So was it at a church? Was it at, like, or, yeah, was, it, or it was, was it just it was, you guys were in a city?
1: Uh, no, it was at a church. But, but I wasn't living there. A lot of okay. the other guys had moved there. Rick owner never moved there. Uh, and there was Noel Alexander, uh, the South African prophet. There was there was just yeah. a dozen or more, fifteen prophets and prophetic people. It was a whole prophetic movement. Some are, the conference would be three thousand people wow. uh, uh, and more, and most of them all prophetic, you know, people of some kind of. Paul Kane was uh, uh, a regular, so well, and he was moving there, did move there. I was going to move there and become part of the staff, but at the time, uh, Mike Bickle. Uh, kind of married up with John Wimber, and I was based out of the Vineyard with John Wimber, and I was gonna go be a part of Kansas City Fellowship, but they became one, and so John Wimber decided, why you wanna go down there when I have to fly you back out to California every weekend, <laughs> stay here with me, because we're all <laughs> one big happy family now. Right. And so Kansas City and Vineyard kind of married for a while, and so the Kansas City prophets, uh, I was an outpost for the, the Kansas City, um, although I never lived in Kansas City, you know, I was, uh, um, and, uh, and you guys all that. agreed
0: with each other, and all your words were, were the same. And how does that work yeah. in a community of prophets?
1: Uh, no, we didn't all agree with each other on yeah. some stuff. But uh, you yeah. know, it was uh, prophetic. Guys are opinionated to begin with, and, uh, <laughs> and are men of conviction. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it sounds but, like but, a powder keg. But the, no, no, there was a camaraderie of like like brothers, like the camaraderie you feel that you hear about when people talk about in Vietnam or in Korea where they're at war together and they're brothers in arms together and there's that lifelong bond, you know? Hmm. And uh, and that, which is interesting just to be, just to be vulnerable and honest, like, like John Paul who passed away a couple yeah. years ago. I met John Paul in 87 and we've ministered together since 87, but from 87 to probably 2007, uh, which was, what, 30 years? We had more of a green room relationship ministry. We, we really were different personalities. Uh, we loved and respected each other. There was no friendship in the sense that we'd never call each other or spent time with each other. But the last uh, five or six years, we became brothers, like like really close and brothers. So his passing away really was difficult for Gosh. me because because we're no, we're no longer ministry associates. We became right. we became fam- brothers, like really that prophetic – and. No matter how different he was from me, I so respected who yeah. he was, and he so respected what I had. He, he, yeah. uh he, he. There's no one like him. No,
0: that, and I've talked. I think I've talked about on the dream before. I, in the history of dream, oh, dream interpretation, yes, yes. of in the history of Christianity, yeah, yeah. there's never been anybody that's even come close. He's, he's Lewis and Clark expedition in that area, and yeah. there's nobody. I mean, I know that he has sons that are out there, and they're all yeah. spectacular, but, but. It's like me. I copy Randy. It's not yeah. a bad thing, but yeah. it's not my revelation. Yeah. It's his that I've that I've jumped. You know, I've yeah. grabbed a hold of He, he pioneered the, the dreams and, and vision and interpretation and raised up a whole group yeah. of people who never doing yeah. it. And they are, I, I I'll never forget. Cause, like I was with John Paul in um in uh, India year, a couple of years ago. We were doing an event. The, I've only done one event with him. It was that that one event? and i i had a dream before uh, this event and it was a dream about um, it was in the dream it was about in my mind it was about this person it was a prominent speaker also it's not the dream's not about them but it, it was heidi it was me and heidi baker mm-hmm. and a friend and another minister and the dream consisted of the three of us and it, at the end of the dream it was you know uh, Heidi Baker was we went on a bike ride Heidi Baker crashed mm. on this bike i'm freaking out i'm going something's going to happen heidi's going to burn out everything's going going to pot and and i'm you know i'm praying for heidi and i've been disturbed about this for about a, i don't know a month or whatever i had it i end up at the conference with him we end up in the in the green room in this tent in india and I go John like please I don't want to be one of those guys I mean imagine the amount of people that must have walked up to him and just said just like interpret this interpret this like yeah. he lived that I said, I don't want to be one of those guys but seriously this dream is freaking me out mm-hmm. I has I asked 10 people to give me interpretations and they were all good but it was all pray for Heidi it was all mm-hmm. and he goes, oh the first thing he goes that dream not, has nothing to do with Heidi okay. Baker and I was like, "What? You know?" Because the whole dream was about her. Yeah. He goes, "No, you're trying to put somebody in place." And 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 he literally, yeah. like brought the. I never experienced anything like that before. All the dream interpretation was all just people being nice. You yeah. know, it was like, "Oh, it prob- God's probably." But and when he said it, it came clear. I, it cut off an issue in my life. It yeah. cut off somebody that I was raising, trying to raise up, and 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 get started mm-hmm. in ministry. It shut it down. Like he, it was it was spectacular yeah, it was yeah. like watching a, a minister of miracles and healing you know yeah. have, have pull somebody out of a wheelchair but you just got to see it right in front of yeah. you and uh and then and then he he talked about and this is my only encounter with him he talked about spiritual beings and we were talking this in the dry, yeah. in the ride over here uh or we were right, we we're coming back from lunch and we were saying you know how you you have somebody and they say one little thing yes and a message, you know, like I, I, I heard yeah. you say something once and I preached it for 10 years yeah. like a sentence that you said. And he yeah. and he talked about spiritual beings in the Bible, and in my mind, it was demons, angels, God, Jesus, and uh-huh. like humans. And he and and even though I'd read it a thousand times, he said it, you know, there's 19 spiritual beings, and he just listed them off, and it, it literally. It removed this veil that I was mm-hmm. reading the scriptures in. It was like, oh, there's good, there's evil, there's angels, there's demons, and it and it opened it up to this realm of the supernatural in the scriptures that I had just read and chalked it off of. It's either this or it's this. Yeah. And he opened up these worlds to me in the scripture, mm-hmm. the the dream world, the revelation. And and still, I cannot read the Bible the same yeah. because of one of his little sessions that he was doing on dream interpretation. Like it it, it changed me forever. I, I, I was
1: blown away. Like, yeah. I was blown away. He was, uh, he was um, trying to think of the right word. He, he's the most prolific dream interpreter uh, I've ever met. You know, we used, we used to kid about it. I'm from Arkansas. I call him a dream interpreter, um, but uh, most dream interpreter. Uh, yeah, I could call. He was my go-to dream. I could call him a dream. He never would say, "I'll get back with you." Instantly, he had the interpretation. Yeah. Same thing with Bob Jones, about calling for a word from God. He would never say, Well, let me pray about it. He'd, he'd have the word when I called him, right? Uh, when I'm finished. So uh, I, I miss those guys. And all that to say, the prophetic is so diverse and varied in the way it expresses itself through people. People want to lock the prophetic into one kind of expression. Right. Gosh, there's dream, there's arts, there's dance, there's words of knowledge, prophetic, there's evangelistic, uh, prophetic, evangelism, prophetic, there's healing, prophetic, there's word. Like the prophetic is probably one of the most. Varied and various express kinds of ministry I've seen. It's amazing. Because I believe all of God's people have a prophetic chip in them. Doesn't mean everybody's the office of a prophet, but right. all of them have the prophetic chip according to um, uh, Peter's uh, prophecy about the last days, sons and daughters would prophesy. Yeah. So uh, so it is interesting. Do you
0: think that the prophetic's kind of lost its teeth recently? <laughs> hey, let me explain it. Yeah, like yes. I feel like... There used to, I would I would go and people would prophesy and there would be a lot more correctional. I don't hear yeah. that anymore, and yeah. I I feel like there's a and I don't know if it's good or bad. I'd like European. There's this swing to like everything's peachy, everything's good, yeah. everything's sweet. The word has to be sweet, and and I understand it, I and I yeah. love and I appreciate that teaching. But do you yeah. think that I, I think that it probably came out to try to correct a lot of the abuse? It did. But do you feel like? Like, when you only hear these beautiful words, is that – I mean, mm-hmm. does that link up with your heart? Or do you miss maybe some of the, like uh, – do, are you, are you, do you understand what I'm no, saying? I, like, no, I get what you're saying. Ha, has God stopped speaking a certain way, or are, no. we, just, are we just not no, I think listening?
1: The, I think the PC element has crept into the church, too, the politically correct thing. You want to say what's politically correct. Uh, so, um, so I think the prophetic uh, – that's one thing I loved about John Paul. Even if he was wrong, or he didn't think of it, he was conviction of heart was so strong. Yeah. His conviction of heart and before God was more important to him than than having a friend. You know, so so sometimes you the PC things in the church. If you don't say the right thing, you get you get out of the you are out of the boys' club mm-hmm. in that particular place. So uh, you know, <clears throat> I I that's what keeps me in trouble sometimes. You know, it's like. Uh, uh, I, my, I tell my wife, you know, my problem is I have the right to remain silent. I just don't possess <laughs> the ability. Uh, so, uh, and then not because I I want to be mean. It's just because I just can't shut up when it comes to listening. We need to just, just face reality. So there's a non-reality world I think we're living in sometimes. So I appreciate it about John Paul. I appreciate it about uh, um Bob Jones, you know, just Was authentic. Bob like that? Was
0: he Bob, he Bob was it, Bob was Bob
1: was Bob was an encourager to the maximum. He lived to encourage, he was the greatest encourager I'd ever seen. He was able to spend bad things in people's life for good. He spent his time trying to trying to make lemonade out of lemons in people's life, but at the same time he didn't have a problem saying it like it is mm-hmm. if he saw it, you know, and calling people to task in the church and, and I couldn't tell you but you wouldn't believe the people in high Places in the church that he's uh, he's yanked their chain, you know, and uh, he had no fear whatsoever at all, you know. So um, I think I think the prophetic has uh, has become softer. I think it's a soft prophetic, and uh, I think we needed it because we were probably too overbalanced the other way. But everything we do as humans, we overcompensate, right? Right, and we're swinging the other way. It'll swing back to the middle again, and. I think part of the reason it had to happen is a lot. some of the guys that were using our, our excuse me, our, were, were you doing the prophetic as correction or prophetic as the hard things to say weren't quite developed in the love of God, so it wasn't coming from the love of God, it was coming more from something else, and that's not good. Yeah. You, can't, you can't correct or you can't say hard things unless you absolutely, utterly love. Jesus. Jesus spoke judgment and correction to Jerusalem. As he wept, tears coming out of his eyes, yeah. saying, "I wish you were like little chickens. I would gather you under my wings, but you would not. Therefore, your house is left desolate." That's a big yeah. judgment word, you know. And so, um, but uh, I think, I think the harder words, um, uh, some of the corrective words, uh, have to be bathed in tears first. And um, um,
0: I just don't see that as much now. One of the most, one of the hardest words. I, sh- I shouldn't say it's the hardest, but in the last couple of years, the hardest word I got, um oh man, I have to be really careful how I say this it it was from it was from Heidi mm. and it was hard at the time, but she, but it was the most yeah. loving, and she wept as she said it, and it wasn't and like please i i it it caused something in my life where where I changed I changed everything sure. because of it. But it was a word that needed to be said from a mother of the faith to me, and it wasn't about sin or anything like that It was just God says you have to change this about your life that it is now And it's not it wasn't a PC thing like I would never I would have the hardest time saying that to anybody and uh, and it did but 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 in all the people that would encourage me it never happened, but when the word came it, it did something inside of me, yeah. and this fear came over me from a mother, or you know, a, a, yeah. a head that 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 would weep and deliver this word from the Lord. It changed, yeah. and it literally it put those things yeah. in motion for 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 my life to set on a Absolutely. different course. And uh, and and I and I love it, and I and I've actually gone up to her afterwards and said thank you so much. Absolutely. It was that was the thing, and I knew it in my mind, I knew it in my heart. But when you released it, it, I could no longer, I could no I longer it. hide from it, and, yeah. and I love that. I love that about her. I, yeah. I think, I think it's beautiful. Uh, no, people can listen to what I'm saying and say, "Oh, well, you're just, you just want harsh words." Not at all. No. But I want what God's saying. Yeah. And 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 there's a, there, Jesus wasn't a hippie. Right, like he, there were aspects of him that were hippie esque, but yeah. he also he also flipped tables and braided True. cords and was like, "I'm going to use this," yeah. <laughs> just and like took time and braided yeah. things. Yeah, and well, and he,
1: and he corrected his disciple,
0: and he Peter. did. He would correct him. Yeah. you know. And so I, I think I think we can't, like you said, it. Uh, my prayer is it'll swing, it'll swing back a
1: little bit. It has to, because it has to because without parental correction, people grow up. Unhealthy. Spoiled. Spoiled and they it, yeah. yeah, Yeah. 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 And I, I actually... Anybody
0: who's got kids would un- understands yeah, exactly I actually, what you're talking yeah, about.
1: I, uh, I appreciated it more than as much as anything, the correction, as much as the prophetic words that were spoken of for greatness, you know? Yeah. It's the correction that kept me in the path to be able to embrace... The prophetic words
0: that my first know. encounter with the true with a real raw prophetic not just an encouraging word but but directional mm-hmm. prophecy were people that would i holding the office of the prophetic it it always came with correction it was never just a tickle right. and just a soothing thing it was always hey you need to do this you need to do this god says you need to do this and it was my it was my responsibility to weigh it and put it in front of the lord but nine times out of ten it was it was on and uh, yeah. I pr- I appreciate it. I'm 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 where I'm at. I'm actually where I'm at right now because of it. I'm Brilliant. I'm back with Randy because of it. I got a phone call from a prophet. Randy's gonna call you up. You need to do it. You need to go. And I said I will never go back there, just because I, I was in a bad place at the time. You need to do this, and and, and if you don't, you're gonna get in trouble. You know. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. When the phone call came, I'm gonna do it. You know. And yeah. and, and I love that. Like I, I love that. I love that part of the the prophetic i love that part that calls it what it is but i'm an evangelist so it's pretty like it's black and white with me mm-hmm. um so I, I appreciate that anyway i do too you know it's good uh, it's gonna get healthy i hope I, I mean it has to it has to everything's everything like you said you, you, it's cyclical it's it's there's life yeah. cycles it, things grow they die they change they move yeah. nothing i mean i've i've been in this very short time 16 years but i've even seen it in the 16 mm-hmm. years that I've been in 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 this aspect of the stream of the movement, mm-hmm. I've watched things
1: change yeah. and, and come and go. Yeah. Can, can I say one more thing, maybe, Larry? You say whatever you is, want. We can stop. Uh, one of the reasons I think the prophetic got in trouble and was not received as well, and got a little little weird on the correction part. Um, let's see how to frame this. Um, <clears throat> although that is part of bringing uh, words, you know, correction as a prophet. Uh, that was Old Testament as well, and New Testament too. Uh, but one, at the advent of the apostles in the New Testament, in my opinion, one of the signs of a true apostle is to be able to restore and bring correction to doctrinal heresy in the church and to deal with things that are wrong. And there was, there's not, It's like the prophets were trying to carry all the weight in that area, because the apostolic today I don't think we see as a correctional ministry, uh, but it was definitely Paul. Paul was an – so he had the the plumb line of a prophet in him, but he had the wisdom to be able to – he was rough with the Christian church. That was his flagship church. (laughs) He said, you come behind and no gift. He said, you guys are amazing, but you guys are carnal and babes, and he let the boom down on them. (laughs) And I think the sign of a true apostle, you know, people say, what's the sign of a apostle? Well, they've seen Jesus. Well, they do miracles. No, right. the sign of a true apostle, in, my, in my, just my opinion, is the ability to bring uh, correction to the pure doctrine of Christ in the church to keep the church from going astray. And I don't see too many apostles that have that chip enough to stand up against the whole PC flow of the church and go, uh-uh, that you're departing from the principles of Christ there. Yeah. And uh, so what has happened, I think, I don't know if it's purposely but in the years go prophets have tried to carry uh, cuz they carry some of that cuz Moses and Aaron apostles and prophet it, he was sort of what a apostle Moses would be Aaron would be a prophet carried that but it was Moses that more that through the tablets so wasn't Aaron but at the same time Aaron could bring correction and yeah. that and that he went in before the Lord and did come out and bear the word of the Lord to the people and that sort of thing so I think it's been because it's been a, because he was under Stated in the apostolic, it was overstated in the prophetic. So there was yeah. not an equal sharing of that because uh, the scripture is clear that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, not just the prophets. Not just so foundations have to be corrected, have to be reinforced, have to be you know. So right. so until there is an apostolic chip in in the apostles, God is raising up to bring apostolic uh, correction to a lot of the wacky weird stuff that's in the church today that people are just letting go. Right. You know, uh, there's not going to be a healthy representation of the foundation of apostles and prophets because apostles and prophets are to work together in that. And and so, so anyway, to restate it again because it seems like the apostles were thinking other things made them apostle the prophets kind of got stuck with giving the hard words. You know? right. And some of them gave it because they were just mad, but right. some of them gave it because they just saw it, because you know, that's what the word prophetic means is to perceive, to, to see. I mean, prophets see stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you see stuff in your heart, you're just like, man, you can't can't shut up sometimes. So, uh, And so um, it's been dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and in my opinion, the apostolic and the prophetic have drifted apart in the last ten years, instead you of think coming so? together, and really, I not, think not in every area. But I'm talking about I, I, as I travel, uh, from what I see with with, um, un, with detached prophetic men that have nowhere to be or to go. They don't, especially to be connected with apostolic, right? Um, and because uh, I still think there's not a clear understanding of apostolic and prophetic in the in the postmodern church. I don't think we have huh. a good understanding of that. And uh, because apostles and prophets work together. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's clear. Uh, let me say this, Larry.
0: I think in the younger generation that's being raised up, we we work together. I, yeah, you know I, what? You're. Pro- see, I, I really look. do. Like, I I don't do any. Like, even even downstairs right now, Dave Wagner's. Yeah, I've done nothing except, and I, and by no way am I saying I'm an apostle. <laughs> I'm just saying right. in in those is though in those that are being raised up, I see them really running with with prophets right now. Maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I value you know it in my life.
1: I, I we're looking through the uh, two ends of the of the telescope. Yeah, you're looking at the end you know, from year a year 30, 33 and I'm sixty five. Yeah, and so I'm looking at the guys my age. Right, I'm talking that are in the apostolic, and then in, in, in some of the prophetic guys. So yeah. the younger generation, I think, are are adapting to it, but the old standard is yeah. pretty much not really uh, yeah. understanding. Uh, they understand, but not really.
0: Um, anyway. I wonder if I'll be singing the same same tune thirty five years from now. But I hope not. I I, I don't. I I just I'm in what I see in in the young ones that are being raised up is I see them a, a real healthy appreciation of all the yeah. gifts and all of the platforms and all of yeah. like I I love I can't do what I do without people like Dave Wagner you know like yeah. Pete, Bob Bob Hazlett and they're a little bit older yeah. than me but. But they they meld so well together. Like Dave Wagner and I just just were in uh, Washington D.C. They said it's the most powerful meetings they've had, and yeah. not because we're powerhouses. Just there's something about bringing the prophetic and bringing the call to give your life, and then having people say, and this is what you're going to do with your life, yeah. and this is how you're going to do it, and this is the heartbeat that you need to have. And it's uh, I just think there's something on it. At least at least we, that's what we're seeing the the yeah. power of God showing up, Wonderful. and lives are getting changed. Larry, li- listen, we can do this forever, and please, can you come back on? Will you come back on? Did you? Uh, sure. Yeah, Will you yeah. would? I don't know. I'm going to come to your house. We'll just- oh, there you, you go. You can make me eggs, and uh, we'll, we'll oh, we have coffee. You don't, don't do eggs? I don't do eggs. What that's, do you do?
1: That's not biblical. Yeah.
0: Cl- just, just, yeah. You just do yeah. pig's feet? Yeah. Is that what you <laughs> have for breakfast? No, I
1: do I do Starbucks. <laughs> I do the smoke double smoked bacon uh, and egg sandwich at Starbucks. Every really? Morning with a soy latte. And it is you like you need to go back to California where you no, came you know from, Larry. What I, you Seriously, know what? Listen,
0: come on, you're in if, Tennessee, if, if man. Star- you need to do biscuits, gravy, and gravy on top of the biscuits and gravy.
1: Starbucks is the new Vatican in yeah. the spirit. <laughs> it is uh, soy latte is manna from heaven. You think so? Well, it is for me. It's soy just soy latte. Yeah. It's got be beans. Soy. You know
0: that you're putting yeah. beans. Yeah. Not coconut. <laughs> coconut just, latte. I want beans. You don't want that.
1: You don't want a coconut latte. No, That's no,
0: nasty. No.
1: That's what that is. That's you're, demonic. You're
0: really healthy. Like I know you you've actually really you've doing better. You you're really healthy now. You you've you've doing better. You've always taken good care of yourself a long time since time I I've known yeah, you. Yeah, I ate Costco hot dogs and Starbucks. They're yeah, I've so done good. good, It's like a buck fifty. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. <laughs> great. I take my whole family there after yeah. after yeah, church. You know you know
1: what? I'll answer that? When and uh when I was 40, late forties, I said to the Lord, Lord I want to be a part of the last move of God. What do I do? How do I do that? And I was traveling the world that time eating hamburgers and fries at midnight and and doing the whole thing, and he said this to me clearly. If you want to be a part of the next move of God, then you have to start taking care of yourself, exercising, and eating right. Are you won't live long enough to be a part of the next move of God? Come on! And I rebuke the devil, and, uh, <laughs> and because, because I'm a, you know I'm allergic to exercise. I get a rash when yeah. you say the word exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm allergic to health food and, and that kind of stuff. You know, so. Um, uh, but uh, I'm kidding. I
0: keep but, thinking if I buy running shoes, I'm going to start yeah. running. I have no. six pairs of running shoes.
1: You know what? Bob Jones gave me the thing. I mean, he co- he uh, again his old hillbilly wisdom. <laughs> He just said, uh, you can't eat past 6 o'clock at night, son. Just remember that. That was Bob's uh, health Bob yeah. plan. Because that's what I was doing. <laughs> Listen, I, I, when I when I entered the ministry as a, in my early 20s, I weighed 135 pounds. Uh, by the time I was in my late 30s, 40, traveling the world, I was I was 205 pounds. And that was all from fellowship. <laughs> <Yeah>. And... <laughs> Preach somewhere and it's eleven o'clock and the pastor goes, Man, you did such a good night. We're buying you a steak and a pecan pie right, and that's right, right, midnight. You right, go, Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I think I know I don't want to go into all that, but I think uh, taking care of yourself and You have to. And uh That was actually the I'll just say that was the word that Heidi gave me. Was
0: it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dropped seventy pounds after yeah. it. Yeah. I see you look. Not good. because I the word caused it. I I yeah. had to do it.
1: Yeah. But you know, some of the greatest men of God in the last hundred years have died premature death because they didn't take care of themselves. You know, yeah, in their thirties and forties. You
0: know. Yeah, I mean, w- w- it hit when my wife got sick. I just said, "Yeah." And it's something you know. It's one of those things. I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about it someday. Yeah, on the we're, podcast, we're meddling yeah. with
1: people now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just yeah. you're all
0: unhealthy. I just want to. No, I just want to say That's to them though that personally, I still like gluten. You know, so I, yeah. I if somebody comes up to me and says they're non gluten, I will yeah. punch you yeah, in I, your yeah. face.
1: Well, like, you know what Whole Foods is. I do. Whole Foods is a, a health food store. I went in there about a month ago because I was done with the gluten thing, and I said to them, do you guys sell gluten here because I'm here for a bag of gluten? I mean, how – And I, I think they thought I was an idiot. How anyway. can you be – Jesus himself
0: says bread. You know, yeah. he's the bread of life. Yeah. You, I mean, if yeah. it's okay for Jesus, well, it'll you know, probably be okay for you. You know what you.
1: gluten is in the Hebrew? It? It's I am. That's the original Hebrew of it. He grew? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Larry, I okay. love you, man. I, I, we're
0: going to get downstairs because oh, Dave yeah, Wagner's there's... prophesying Is right he? now. I could get a word. Uh, you can get a word. we oh, got five God. more minutes before he's done, which probably means. Uh, yeah, because yeah, so
1: if, if we go there now, though, he'll he'll pull it out he will. we're there. He'll I want a word. Us. Do you want a word? You got I got one last, one last night. night, about 15 minutes. Here's the thing about Dave Wagner, you can get another four or five. And, oh, uh, I know. And he's he's spectacular. Yeah. Oh, David, he'll prophesy a fly off a wall. You know? And it's good, and it's he'll God. He'll prophesy to a phone pole. He will. Yeah. I've watched him do it. Yeah, now. I'm sure.
0: Larry, Thanks. I love you, man. Love if people want to get in touch with you, uh, you can Google his name, at Larry, Larry Randolph, Randolph Ministries. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, his books are amazing. Uh, User-Friendly Prophecy and Original Breath are two of my favorite books. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we're going to work out some deal. Uh, when we post this, and uh, and for, I'm just gonna say it with um, um, Original Breath, we're gonna put it up on special on the Global Awakening Great. website. We're gonna do 25% off Original Breath, and uh, we'll use promo code, uh, what do you think, John Rolfio? Pr- promo code, John Rolf says breath, <laughs> breath. So, so it'll be flashing on the screen right now. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, yeah. so use promo code breath. Get twenty five percent off the greatest, one of my yeah. favorite books yeah. in the last wow. I don't know six seven years since whenever it came out. Yeah. Expressing yourself in a world suffocating from sameness. Yeah. It is. It is no joke, Larry. Like honestly, I'm
1: not really. I'm not. It because is it's not out fine. of this world It's spectacular. not done well in the church. It's done better outside the church. Yeah. It's interesting. So you because what he's
0: saying is he sells more on Amazon.com and Amazon stuff like to that the world. because
1: but to the because they're really hungry for the authentic yeah. to for change, for authenticity.
0: Original breath, you gotta get it. Larry Randolph, no joke. Um I will say this. Larry's been one of the, he's been our biggest supporter through the time that my wife and I were sick. Um in yeah. and, and it's rare to see a minister do that. I mean, I shouldn't say that. We've had a lot of ministers so into us, but sure. but monthly you came behind us and and kept us afloat and kept my family yeah. afloat during the time of, uh, my wife was going through cancer treatment. And I want hmm. I, I know it's probably embarrassing. I know you don't like hearing that, but I want people to know that Larry doesn't just talk a game. He is one of the most humble, giving, gentle men I've ever met, and I love him. I, I was I've stood. The, the time that I've known you, I've enjoyed bragging on the fact um, that I know Larry Randolph, and I'll run with you for the rest of your life, Good. whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, please come back. Please. I will. Did you have fun? Absolutely. Can I, I just want oh, yeah. more Larry in my life, yeah. and yeah. I need it. And Are you a tweener or a millennial? I don't know what I am. Because I like hanging around tweeners and millennials. I'm not you know? that exciting. I'm not that exciting to be around yeah. when yeah. I hang out, when I'm just hanging around, but oh, no. I don't know.
1: No, I, I don't know.
0: But listen, but I like it. I, I like, like it. you a yeah. lot. I love your wife. Yes, Laura. and and your dogs. Do you, you guys still have Ozzy? We still have
1: Oswald Chambers, our dog. Oswald Chambers yeah. and my cat named Kitty. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: can't take the Arkansas out no, of it. No, Kitty. what's no.
1: that other Kitty? Kitty, Kitty. Kitty.
0: Kitty. Name That's it? your name, name there, Kitty. Named her, her Kitty. Really original,
1: Larry. Yeah. So <laughs> we grew up in Arkansas. I dog. It was a black dog. His name was Blackie. <laughs> And if it was a spotted dog, his name was Spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if it didn't have much hair, we'd call him rat. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty Listen, easy. Listen,
0: you're keeping you're keeping the culture alive oh, absolutely. In, in Tennessee.
1: Uh, yeah. That's uh yeah.
0: Larry, love you, man. Love Can I, I, I just want to say this, like so so into Larry, uh run with this guy because what he's carrying right now in this time is spectacular. It's needed in the body, the prophetic word. Um, That you carry is amazing and there's no one else on the planet that 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 teaches on where the body of Christ is at better than Larry Randolph every time you get up and speak uh, you you verbalize what I feel but I can't put it into words like you so beautifully so eloquently. Wow. I love you, Randy. I, you. I mean, not. Really. You know, <laughs> I love Mark? you, Randy Clark. Randy. Uh, <laughs> and just, I just like to end every broadcast yeah, to Randy. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I love you, Randy. Um, and and I love you, Larry. Me and too. thank you for coming on. Good. Listen, we'll see you guys. Anything else? Nope. That's You going sure? To, going to Starbucks? Get me a. Soy we're gonna latte. go down and get a word from from. Then from, we're gonna get a soy. And then we'll go get, we get a soy latte. Get some soy latte. Yeah, I'm not so gonna, I'm gonna, gonna get about. a soy latte. You can get whatever you want.
1: Well, it's a little girly for a big bad uh, like Listen, here,
0: what what color skirt do you wear when you buy that soy latte? Uh, is it Saturday Ooh. night or Friday? Which one?
1: Uh, I'm Metro. You know, yeah, I'm Metro. I, I know yeah, that. Yeah. We were
0: talking about Buckle before. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know that store. much about Buckle. It's but the
1: inner. It's a holy place. Buckle. Is it? Yes.
0: I, I don't know that much about it, but uh, it's where cool people go. they I mean, don't have a lot of money. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll take you to Buckle okay, today.
1: Good, thanks. Or tomorrow. Or tomorrow. Love you
0: guys. Hey, thank you for watching this. Hit subscribe. Share this with people. Make sure that you get the word out. I I don't know about you guys, but I I think this time with Larry is spectacular. Listen, we need to hear this stuff. We need to hear what's going on in the body of Christ. We need to hear what the voices uh, that have been going after this for, for their whole life are saying. You know, Larry Larry's an amazing, amazing leader in the movement. He's an amazing prophetic voice. And I want you to share this with as many people as you can. Uh, thanks for watching. Hit subscribe, hit like. Do us a favor and, and go on and leave some comments on iTunes Let because it helps us get the word out. Um, we love you guys. Look forward to the next time. We're, we'll, we'll see you in a, in a week from now. We got to get downstairs and, and go minister to people. So we will see you again on the next Global Green Room. Love you guys.